What's up, folks? My name is Doug McCain here for the Get More Sports Podcast. Today's topic all about the NBA, where this weekend you had two conference finals matchups. Yesterday, the Raptors, they beat the Bucks in Game 3 to put the series at 2-1. to one. You had Kawhi Leonard. He went off. He was big again. Uh, you had Drake. He was a little extra. He's really turning into the sixth man for the Raptors. But that looks like it's going to be a fun series. Could go six, could go seven. And they're going to face off against the Golden State Warriors, who went up to Portland on Saturday, took care of business. So Portland, they were up 15 in that game. The Warriors, they were on the ropes a little bit. And all of a sudden, you saw that beautiful style of basketball that they play when KD is not in the lineup. So you got a lot of people talking in this, you know, about Kevin Durant, the Warriors. He's going to the Knicks. Maybe he has one foot out of the door. Maybe he's checked out. But they are balling without KD in the lineup. You know, they've gone 4-0 without the Durantula. They closed out the Rockets in game six without the Slim Reaper. And they jumped out to a 3-0 lead without the Green Room. Yes, KD has some of the worst nicknames in the history of basketball. If you're wondering where the green room comes from, his dad calls him the green room because he was waiting in the green room after they picked Greg Oden first in the NBA draft. But anyways, they're definitely, you know, if you look at the, the numbers, you know, they're, they're 31 and one without Kevin Durant. And you got some people saying they like the style, you know, it's a more aesthetically pleasing style without Kevin Durant where you do have more screens. You have more of a, of a free-flowing, egalitarian style of basketball. But to say they're a better team without Kevin Durant, to me, is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you're telling me you're at the park and, you know, you picked up Steph, Clay, and uh, Iguodala and Draymond, and all that's left is, you know, Jonas Jarepko, Alfonso McKinney, Harrison Barnes, and you're going with – you're picking those guys instead of Kevin Durant – that's ridiculous. You know, Kevin Durant makes them an already great team to an all-time team, a team that you want to put against maybe the 86 Celtics, 2001 Lakers, you know, Jordan's Bulls on the first three-peat, maybe even after that. You know, that's what takes them to another level. You know, they're going to face the Bucks and Raptors, and they're about to make NBA history. Only twice before this has an NBA team gone four out of five. They're about to go four out of five, and that's only been done twice. The Lakers did it 49 to 54. They won four out of five, and Bill Russell's Celtics. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a different style where it's less isolation. And, you know, to me, it's kind of sad because what, what's really happened here is almost like we're willing Kevin Durant out of Golden State. You know, you've got Rich Kleiman, his, uh, his agent. You have the KD Studios already moving to New York because it's, you know, he goes into Golden State. He wins those two finals MVPs. But the whole narrative is that he's gravy training, that they can now do it without him. And I'm here to tell you that's definitely not the case. And Kevin Durant realizes that. And really more than any other NBA superstar – this guy feels the narrative being written about him. This is a guy who has burner accounts on Twitter going against fans. This is a guy who had a Nike shoe made. Remember, he had the KD9 made that was a tribute to the cupcake game. He had a red velvet cupcake Nike shoe because when he went back to OKC, you had all the fans holding cupcake signs. You had that guy with the cupcake paint all over his belly because Westbrook – 
uh, Kendrick Perkins and all them, yeah, that's what they would call players. They would call soft players. They would call them cupcakes. So this is a guy who knows what's being talked about when it comes to him. And really, it's a shame because he's one of the best, if not the best, scorers that's ever played in the NBA. And it seems like we're willing him out of Golden State when really we should be appreciating this dynasty up in Golden State and everything they've done. So... Golden State, they're rolling. I know Damian Lillard, he had that rib injury. And really, they just don't have enough firepower. With with Nurkic going down, if, if Nurkic was still in the lineup, I, I think that could go six, maybe even seven. But Damian Lillard, since hitting that, that game five, 37-foot uh, walk-off shot uh, against the Thunder, really has had a lot on his shoulders. You know, that Nuggets team was no joke. They won game seven on the road, and it looks like uh, the Warriors, not only are they going to coast, they're going to be rested, and they're going to be ready to take on the Bucks or the Raptors in the NBA Finals. So that series is going to be done. And now let's head to another team. You know, we just talked about a fully functioning, a great organization up in Oakland in the Warriors. Now it's time to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers, who haven't played a game in more than a month, but they're in the headlines every single day because it is the Los Angeles Lakers. We love talking about them. And today, once again, they're in the news. And it's surrounding Magic Johnson. So Magic Johnson, he goes on to first take on his, like, revenge tour. He's like Game of Thrones, Danny, you know, on the dragon, just blowing fire all over the Lakers organization. And it was not it was not a pretty sight. I mean, Magic is becoming a like LeVar light anywhere he gets a chance. He's either slamming on Rob, slamming on Genie. But let's get into it. So with Magic Johnson, you know, he was really unplugged. His, you know, he goes on there. He said, if you're going to talk about betrayal, it's only with Rob. You know, he's so he says, Magic, you're not working hard enough. Magic's not in the office. You know, you heard those stories of Rob Palenka walking around Lakers headquarters going like, where's Magic? Where's Magic? And Magic was not feeling it. Magic has voice. You know, he has ears everywhere. And that got back to Magic. And he, you know, for the second time in as many uh, as many weeks kind of had it known that he was not happy about it. And really, I'm here to tell Laker fans and NBA fans, of course, there's going to be a lot made out of it because of who he is, Magic Johnson, and the fanfare that comes with that. But really, it means nothing. You know, what Magic says really has nothing to do with whether the Lakers are going to get a free agent, whether the Lakers are going to see, succeed under Frank Vogel. But what it does do, it, it is, it really, it all comes back to Jeannie Buss. And it points to the fact that it might be seriously time for the Lakers and Jeannie Buss and the whole Buss family to consider potentially selling the team. I know that's, 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 you know, it's their team. They can do what they want with it. AEG also owns a part of it, and so does Soon. So it's not completely, you know, it's the owner of the Buss family trust. But really what it comes down to is the Lakers and Jeannie Buss making all kinds of problems. Jeannie Buss was the one that paired Rob Palenka with Magic Johnson, two guys that never really coexisted or knew each other prior to having to become GM and president of an organization. And then Jeannie empowers Magic to do whatever it is as president of the organization. If he wants to fire Luke Walton, if he wants to hire whoever he wants, if he wants to 
you know, decide not to sign Julius Randle, not to sign Brooke Lopez, to surround LeBron with non-shooters. That's what he's going to do. But really, it looks like Magic didn't have that kind of power under um, as the Lakers organiz- uh, with the Lakers organization. You know, he was talking about today how he wanted to fire Luke, but Jeannie wanted them to potentially to potentially work it out. Also, Magic wanted Ty Lue, and we all know how that fell through. Jeannie wanted to offer five, uh, three years instead of five, which is ridiculous. Jeannie wanted to pair him with Jason Kidd, a guy who's been gunning for that job for years now, and that was also ridiculous. I mean, there's only five coaches in this league that really have a championship pedigree. You know, with Eric Spolster, you got the Doc Rivers of the world. Ty Lue is one of those rare coaches who's not just won championships. He's won championships with LeBron James. And LeBron, as it stands right now, this is a guy who's already, with Dirk Nowitzki retiring, he leads the league in minutes. This isn't a guy who, you know, with Frank Vogel, it could work out. You know, he is a coach that he's had success in this league, you know, he's one of the best defensive-minded coaches in the NBA. When Vogel's Pacers won 56 games in 2013 and 2014, they ranked first in defensive rating, second in opponent scoring. But you're talking about LeBron James. You're going to try to get LeBron James, you know, pound the floor and get in the defensive stance. That's not going to be the case. You know, with LeBron, you need a guy... You don't need a professor. You know, you need someone who's more of a hall monitor. Someone like a Ty Lue who's going to really put him in spots that he's familiar with. You know, Ty Lue with LeBron, they consistently had top five offenses. And a lot of that was Ty Lue using LeBron, uh, LeBron's screen and roll abilities. You know, LeBron, it, you know, uh, Ty Lue knows how to get creative with all those options. And Lonzo being one of the best screeners in the league, really, it was a no-brainer. So, you know, it all goes back to Genie. Pairing, pairing Magic with Rob Palenka, someone he had no relationship with. Using Linda Rambis, someone that has zero, zero history working in the NBA as an executive, as a GM. And she has done nothing with the NBA other than being the wife of an of a, of a, of a end-of-the-bench player in Kurt Rambis. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? So... Really, it all comes back to Jeannie Buss. Don't let this this whole Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, he's going to do what he does. You know, he's going to go on Twitter and you know congratulate players and and you know go on you know go on a tweet storm every day after a game. But really, you know, if anything, Magic Johnson helped the Lakers. He ripped the Band-Aid off when he left. When he did, you know, the Magic was getting paid. million per year with the Lakers. He had a five-year contract with the Lakers. He didn't just, uh, you know, he didn't get fired. He quit, you know. So that's $40 million that's in Jeannie's pocket that she should have used to offer someone like a Bob Myers to make a run at Masai Ujiri, to make it run at a competent president. But instead, she gives Rob Palenka all the power. She gives Kurt Rambis and Linda Rambis the power. So my issue really... You know, I know everyone's going to talk about Magic going on to first take and all this and that. And Magic, you know, he says he loves the Lakers and, you know, that he's going to still go to the games. I think Magic is in love with the idea of the Lakers. You know, he's he's in love with the Showtime ear Lakers, the popping champagne, the three-peat, the winning championship. But if he really loved the Lakers, he wouldn't be doing things to hurt the Lakers. And unfortunately, that's what he's doing right now. Magic Johnson... If he really loved the Lakers, he would understand 
that Jeannie has given Rob complete power over the organization and that she's not gonna, he's not going to relinquish that. So if I'm Rob, if I'm Magic, if you wanted to help the Lakers, you go on, you say, look, I'm Magic Johnson. I'm a Mount Rushmore player. You see my statue outside of Staples Center. I just didn't have it in me to do the day in and day out, all the grinding that it takes to become to be a president of an organization. Rob Palenka, I think he's the guy that can lead us. You know, it was just all bad PR spin, and the Lakers are just a complete mess right now. They're a massive disaster. There's really no way to spin it. And also part of the reason is the Lakers just aren't controlling the narrative in one, any way, shape, or form. Their only mouthpiece really is you have Ramona Shelburne going on and, 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 and giving information straight from Jeannie Buzz when really they need to get out in front and spin the positives. At the end of the day, this is a team that has LeBron James, a guy who still has at least another year, two years in his prime of being the best player in the NBA. They have a young core that consists of Brandon Ingram, Alonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart. They have $37 million to sign a second max player. So there's a lot more positives to really to really focus on, but all you hear is the negatives, and unfortunately, that's what it is with the state of the Los Angeles Lakers. So really, the Magic Johnson news, it's nothing new. We knew that he thought Rob was a backstabber, you know, and unfortunately, Rob Palenka, you know, he was, you know, his, his, the perception of him around the league is, you know, he was the, the sick, you know, the fab, a part of the fab five. He was like the fab seven, a little bit out of the fab five. He's Kobe's agent, Harden's agent. And a lot of people don't like working with Rob Palenka. That's the perception of him. And until he changes that and shows that he, he's the man making the moves that can get the Lakers on track, that's not going to change. But, uh, you know, it's just another day in Lakerland. We're going we're gonna to find out pretty soon here what the Lakers are going to be doing. Is it going to be Kyrie Irving? Is it going to be someone like a Jimmy Butler? Do they have a chance to land Kawhi Leonard? Uh, do they get deeper, use that number four pick to try to swing a Bradley Beal, a Kyle Lowry trade? So really, they do have some pieces to get back on track, especially, I mean, if I tell you right now, what the Lakers have, and KD walks from the Warriors. I mean, who's the Vegas favorite to come out of the West next year? I mean, a lock and change in the drop, uh, you know, drop of a dime here. So before we attack Magic for going on to first take today and dropping all those bombshells against Rob, against Genie, against the organization, calling him backstabbers, saying that he wasn't empowered to fire Luke Walton, all that stuff. Remember, Magic was scheduled to be on first take weeks in advance. He was supposed to go on that show, and that was determined way ahead of time. The Lakers knew that today, and instead they decided, let's have the Frank Vogel press conference today. So that's really on the Lakers. It's not like Magic. Magic was like, I'm going to go to Bristol, going to go to first take and rain on the Lakers parade. He knew that going in, that he was going to be scheduled on that show. And the Lakers, 
they they really handle it about as well as you could. Frank Vogel, he said all the right things at the press conference. He said, we need to build togetherness within our organization. I don't mean just with the 15 guys or 17 guys that are going to be here in uniform or in the locker room. I'm talking about the organizational togetherness. So he's talking about top to bottom, from Genie all the way down to the roster, to the players, and that's definitely – a way to try to spin that in that, hey, Magic's gone. We've turned the page. Rob Palink is the guy. Kurt Rambis is the advisor. And that's what we're going into free agency with. They know that LeBron James not making that free agency, not being in the playoffs. This is the first time LeBron hasn't been in the postseason in 13 years. LeBron has a consecutive final streak that was broken at 7 Uh, at eight straight finals, okay? LeBron James isn't in the postseason, so he's going to focus all of his efforts on trying to get guys like Kawhi Leonard to try to lure in a potential Kyrie Irving or Jimmy Butler, and it was definitely a positive sign that LeBron was in attendance at the press conference. If you look at LeBron, he's there well after the fact. He's there shooting around, making layups, and having LeBron there is big because it comes down to you know, does LeBron have does does Frank Vogel have LeBron's stamp of approval? We all know he wanted Ty Lue. We all know that Ty Lue basically was going to get the job. You saw the cake in Vegas when he was celebrating his birthday, right? It was Ty Lue's job. LeBron could have easily been infuri- infuriated. You know, LeBron could have said, "Hey, I'm I- I'm done. I want to pick my coach. I wanted Ty Lue." Instead, LeBron is at the po- at the press conference, and that's definitely big and bodes well for the Lakers moving forward. Because we all know that that's what it comes down to. LeBron James didn't like David Blatt. David Blatt was a guy who led the Cavaliers to the NBA Finals. David Blatt's a guy who had the Cavs rolling at 30 and 11, first place in the Eastern Conference. One of the best records in the NBA when he was replaced by Ty Lue uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So when it comes to the Lakers, you know, Frank Vogel, you know, how he gets out of the gates, how they start the season is really going to be important because we know that bringing in Jason Kidd and bringing in a coach who has a history as a head coach, Jason Kidd with two stops, one in New Jersey with the Nets, going to the Brooklyn Nets, and then also with Milwaukee, that he wanted that Lakers job, and he covered it for quite some time. But with Frank Vogel's openness, not only to bring in Jason Kidd and embrace that, not only to just sign a three-year deal, when we know the industry standard is five years. A head coach is supposed to get five years, and Frank Vogel is just very open-minded, and you got to like what you're seeing. So, I personally think Frank Vogel could have success with the Lakers, and it really comes down to a couple things. Um, you know, he he brings that defensive mindset. Whether you're going to get LeBron to engage in that is something. But you got Brand Ingram; he's long. You saw him guard Kyrie. You saw him guard Fords. He's a versatile defender. Lonzo Ball. It has one of the highest defensive ratings at his position in the NBA. So Lonzo Ball is a great defender. So if you can bring that out of him and and embrace the fact that Frank Vogel went to two straight Eastern Conference Finals, if it weren't for LeBron James himself, the Lakers could be announcing Frank Vogel as a championship head coach. So he's a guy who got close to the mountaintop, and that's kind of one way to look at it. Other way to look at it is, if you're the Lakers, is we just hired 
our fourth option. You know what I mean? We didn't get we didn't get Monty Williams. We didn't get a Tyron Lue. We didn't get a coach that we really, really wanted. We got our third or fourth fourth choice. Even Dave McMenamin had told Rob Palenka today, he said, hey, what, what was it like to get a coach that, not necessar- that wasn't necessarily your number one pick going into it? And, you know, you're hiring a guy who just got fired from the Orlando Magic, a coach who is – uh, a career 304 and 291. So, you know, the Lakers really should view themselves as a dream job, as a mountaintop job, from the president position, from the GM spot to the coach. And instead, they're hiring a first-time team president in Magic Johnson. They're hiring a first-time GM in Rob Palenka. And they're hiring a first-time head coach in Luke Walton and replacing him with a coach that his success really um, isn't isn't at the levels as a coach that, you know, when you bring in a Phil Jackson or you're bringing in someone with the championship pedigree. So... You know, it's really it comes down to the fact that the Lakers didn't have very many options at this point. Frank Vogel could could have success, especially if LeBron's on board. But only time will tell. My personal prediction with Frank Vogel, you know, it really depends on how the Lakers will handle this. How will Jeannie Buss and the front office handle a slow start? How will they handle not luring in a free agent like a Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard? And will they allow the media to really determine how long he's going to last as the Lakers head coach? Because you can't give him a short leash you can't be like you can't be LeBron and allow a coach like a David Blatt to just to just fade away, even though he's having success. So really, it depends on how committed they are to Frank Vogel. But I personally think it's a tough gig. The spotlight on the Los Angeles Lakers is just magnified a hundred times when you bring in LeBron James, and then you add all the recent drama. I don't see it ending in a championship. But it really comes down to health. If the Lakers were healthy last season, they'd be in the playoffs. They were 20-14 when LeBron James went down with that injury, that groin injury on Christmas Day. Luke Walton would have led this team to the playoffs if they were injury-free. And if Frank Vogel is afforded the time, is if he's lucky in the health department, if they do get another free agent, I don't see why the Lakers can't make a, a postseason run but I don't necess- I don't think that Frank Vogel's defensive mindset and his you know there's just not a lot of innovation in the offense for me to see the Lakers winning a championship under this current regime. So you know if I'm the Lakers, I'm 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 sitting on the fact that you know yes they're they're rich history their first all time in postseason games played 734 first time in wins first in wins 438 first all time in win percentage 59% first all time in finals appearances they're only second in championships behind the Boston Celtics but i would take the lakers 16 championships over the celtics 17 any day so that's the standard that you set if you're the lakers is Frank Vogel the guy that matches that standard and that championship pedigree? I don't necessarily believe so, but 
if you're the Lakers, you got to bank on the fact that you do have a young core, you do have cap space, you do have LeBron James with at least another year to two years in his prime. And with Kevin Durant's departure from Golden State, you could see them in it. And uh, so... Again, another day. You got two conference championship, uh, two conference finals games yesterday, and all everyone's talking about the next day is the Los Angeles Lakers. So they're still humming as a franchise. Attended uh, viewership was up thirty-one percent last year. Still leading the league in merchandise sales. They're still the flagship franchise of the NBA. And that's why there is so much attention focused on the purple and gold. But there's just there's too much dysfunction, too much turmoil, and we'll just see. I mean, you know, it's a soap opera that we're not going to turn you know turn away from anytime soon. So that's going to do it here for today here on Get More Sports. Don't forget to subscribe. My name is Doug McCain. Until next time, see you guys soon.